You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at SOH. Dot church And while you're there, like I always do, I invite you to download the Sound of Heaven app. We've got a great app that's got an online community that you can be a part of. Uh, all of our teachings are on there. Uh, you can uh, use the digital Bible to follow along with us here every day. And if you are listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, Turn on your notifications. Definitely don't want you to miss anything as we go through our study. And thank you to all of you who not only have been following along, but also contributed to our turkey drive. I think I mentioned it the other day. We we fed over 100 families this past, uh, this past week, uh, which like it happens every year, was more than we even aimed to do. But how many of you know that when you set out to do something, it's not all about what you can do, but what God does through you, and He always uh, exceeds our expectations. Amen? Amen. So we are in Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to jump in. We're almost at the end here. We're going to take the next two days, right? We are going to be off Tomorrow, for those of you who are listening in real time, uh, for Thanksgiving, I may hop on and tell y'all I love you again, uh, but we are going to take off uh, Thanksgiving morning, but we'll be right back here um, this upcoming Friday to finish out this. And we might, we're going to overlap a little bit of this too, because I want to hit on a few points here as we close out Matthew 16. So Matthew 16, we found uh, it starts off with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? Two two sects of Judaism uh, that really didn't like each other, but they could really rally around the point that they didn't like Jesus. And they come together and they're demanding a sign of Jesus. They're telling him basically, I don't believe you are who you say you are. And basically Jesus then tells them, the only sign you're going to get from me is the sign of Jonah, right? And the sign of Jonah was that he would go into the ground, that he would die for three days. And I don't think they totally got this or grasped this, um, neither the neither them or the disciples. Um, but obviously he means by Jonah going down into the earth for three days as Jonah did the whale and then resurrecting in three days. So he says, the sign that you're going to get, because you've already seen me raise the dead. You've already seen me cleanse the lepers. You've seen miracle after miracle. And you and I both know that they had no interest in believing, right? The signs were all there. They had no interest in believing. So then he goes and he tells the disciples, be wary of the teachings of the Pharisees, right? They're like leaven and bread. They'll spread, they'll corrupt. And yesterday he turns it back on them and he, his disciples. And he says, who do people think I am? And they say, Elijah, they say, Jeremiah, they say, um, John the Baptist. And he says, well, who do you think that I am? And Peter makes a very, very powerful confession. What does he say? He says, you are the son of God. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. And Jesus says, on this rock, on that confession, on that truth, 
I will build my church, my ecclesia, my called out assembly of people. And that's what you and I have in common. We may have a whole bunch of stuff different, right? But what we have in common as the called out assembly is the rock of Christ in our hearts, right? And the meaning of life itself is to know him and to make him known. So now we continue with the same conversation or within the same, you know, reasonable time frame as we closing out Matthew 16 over the next two days. And we see the conversation shift a great deal. So Peter makes this confession and then Jesus begins to tell them about his death. He expresses what we have to believe everybody's kind of thinking and hasn't really been voiced. Now, Jesus has alluded to this a little bit, but again, I don't believe that they fully understood it. And let's just get in and read. We're going to do Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse 21. Okay. Have to hide this here. Bear with me. There we go. Oop. It says, from that time, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, again, you would think that they would kind of get this idea, but they had to know. I mean, the Pharisees were surrounding them, you know, threatening them, uh, looking to persecute them. And they had to know that this could end in death. And Jesus says, yes, it will. Yes, it will. And he tells them about his death and resurrection. And obviously, this is something that they don't want to hear. So Peter, the rock, took him aside. At least he did it, took him aside. He had that, uh, at least enough, uh, <laughs> enough decency in order to do that. Not everybody has that. But it says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely the concern of humans. So we look and see that there is a major shift in the way Jesus addresses Peter, right? Just a second ago, he was the rock. He was the rock, and his confession was the confession that he would build his church on, and now he's calling him Satan. Now, was Peter a red guy with, with horns and a pitchfork? And I would challenge that visual anyway. We'll get into that maybe another day. No, but Peter was a Satan to Jesus. And we think of that little guy, that, that little guy that stands on your shoulder and tells you to do bad things as Satan. But the word Satan from the Hebrew actually means adversary. It derives from a verb that means to obstruct or oppose. And understand, Peter's position, no matter how good intended, was a Satan, was an, was an adversary, was an obstruction to what God really wanted to do. 
See, the human mind always wants to preserve what it can see. It always wants to preserve what it is comfortable with. And that's you, that's me. But having the mind of Christ, the godly mind, knows that the supernatural always supersedes the natural. And notice how he says here to Peter, not setting, you, uh, you do not have the mind, it, have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. We lose so much, even based on human uh, intentions. You could also say, going back a couple chapters, that his mother and his brothers and his family members, all who came to you know, pull him out of there when he was just trying to sit down and eat. And remember when he said, these are my mother, who's my mother and my brother, and then that do the will and the work of the Lord. And we read out of, I think it was Mark chapter three, where his, his family wanted to pull him away and say, stop doing what you're doing, Jesus. You're going to get yourself hurt. Well, they were a Satan to him. You see, and this is what I want to go into today taking a look at because the human nature is we want the kingdom result without the sacrifice. We want the supernatural without laying down the natural and our desire to cling to the things of this world is a, is a Satan to our lives. Our desire to cling to the natural we want the things of God, but we're afraid to lose the things that we have here. Now, if we're real with ourselves, everything that we put our hands on at some point decays, rusts, disappears. That's why the Apostle Paul said, do not focus on what is seen. What is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that's the challenge that we have, right? That's the faith walk that we have. And what is faith according to Hebrews? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. And rightfully so, the disciples of Jesus loved him dearly. They did not want him to leave. They certainly didn't want him hurt, but they certainly didn't want him to leave. See, the problem would have been, and this may be a little bit controversial, but I want to remind you that during this time, the temple, the place that they viewed God to be inside had become an idol to the people. The religion had become an idol. The tradition had become an idol to them. And they started putting their faith more in the physical. This is why the Pharisees would go nuts when Jesus would talk about that. They're nuts when he would say, you know, raise this temple. I'll tear this temple down and raise it in three days. He was talking about himself there. Now in Matthew 24, he's talking about the physical temple, which would eventually come down. But all that stuff was temporary. Therefore, even a false idol to them. And I would position this, and this is where I say would say it might be a little bit controversial, that had Jesus stayed 
the physical Jesus, they would have made him an idol too. And you say, how that's crazy. How could, how could you make Jesus an idol? He is the true God. Absolutely. But he was here in earthly form to do one thing. And that was to lay down his life as a sacrifice for all of creation. And for that, I know going into this Thanksgiving holiday, we can all be grateful. And as we'll see, Jesus alludes after. He says, you are you don't have the concerns of God. You have human concerns. Human concerns want to keep Jesus around. Also, because I'll tell you what, it was a heck of a lot easier. They could just watch Jesus do everything. They could watch Jesus break the bread. And what did they have to do? They just had to hand it out. But it wouldn't be long after this that they would be the ones that would take the torch. They would be the ones that would lay the hands on the lepers. They would be the one that would cast out the demons. They would be the one that would have to lay down their life. Almost every single one of them died for the cause of Christ. See, Jesus had to go the distance, had to show them the whatever it takes mentality because that is the kingdom mindset. Whatever it takes to get God's will done on this earth needs to be done. And I believe that we have a church that still wants to step back and be a spectator. We have a church that has a threshold of comfortability that we don't want to get outside of that. We have a church that even today, somehow, sometimes, somehow, some way, <laughs> idolizes the religion aspect of this, the tradition aspect of this. When we are called to move from glory to glory, to, tr- to honestly break the barriers of the traditions and the norms, even when it hurts, even if it costs us everything. And I would say, church, that with everything that's going on in the world, for there to be a real shift back toward Christ, it's going to take God's people being willing to pursue the kingdom result no matter what the sacrifice is. To love without a threshold. To go to the places, the highways and the byways, the places that people are not willing to go to see his will done. And Jesus, as a precursor to what they would go through, says here in verse 24, and this is where we'll end it for today, and we'll close this out on Friday. It says, then he said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. He was sharing with them that some of them, all of them to some extent, were going to have to sacrifice something. But many of them, most of them, would give up their lives would die. Even Peter himself, church tradition says that he was crucified upside down. And that's a awesome exercise. Maybe I'll talk about that with 
Apostle Johnny, because he he does a great teaching on that. But what I want to leave us with today as we go into our 99%, what are the Satans in your life? What are areas where you allow yourself, and don't be mad at me, I'm talking to me too, to be a Satan, to be an adversary, to be an obstruction to what God wants to do. Even if it's good intentions, you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want things to get uncomfortable. Sometimes obedience to what God wants is going to make us uncomfortable. But the glory of the kingdom that comes with it is so, so worth it. So that's my prayer for you today as we go into our day. To have the whatever it takes mindset. That God would open your eyes to the opportunity that's around you. To stretch you. I say this often at Sound of Heaven. That you'll never discover who you are until you push the limits of who you think you are. That's going to cause you to get uncomfortable. That's going to cause you to have to lay some of the natural down on the line. It's going to cause you to be radical in some areas. Radical forgiveness. Radical love. Radical giving at times where you know there's a need and you say, you know what? Might hurt a little bit, but it's for what God wants. I'm not going to take an offering at the end of this. That's not what I'm doing. I don't know what that is in your life, but I pray that as we go into this Thanksgiving, that's not only your belt line that gets stretched, that your heart would get stretched, stretched toward what God wants you to do. And it's going to take some sacrifice, but it's going to be worth it. Let's move the natural aside, move our natural desires aside. Knock down the idols that we have put up and say, God, what would you have for us? How can we make an impact in this world? How can we be that supernatural hand of yours here on earth? Amen. From the bottom of my heart, I love you guys, all of you. I'm excited about what the future is going to hold. I keep you in prayer every day. I ask you to keep me in prayer as well. Father, we enter your courts with praise and thanksgiving. First, we thank you for the sacrifice of your son. And we know that if we had lived during that time, if we had followed around the physical Jesus, we probably would be making the same mistakes as, as they were. We make the same mistakes today. But God, we want to know more of you. We want to be the conduit where heaven comes to earth. Help us to be bold enough to do that. To not let our own wants, needs, and desires of the things of this earth to be Satan's to us, Satan's to what you want. We remove the adversary from our lives, even if it's our own will and desire. We just want what you want, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, S-O-H dot church. You're listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day and we go out and do something amazing with this life that God's given us. Love you guys. Have an awesome, awesome day.